0: This is T-T-E-L-T, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Gina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on T-T-E-L-T, we have Wendy Colson. She's going to be giving us some tips for using songs with young learners. And I hope that you'll really enjoy learning from her. Hello, Wendy. We're Hi. We're really glad that you're here on T-T-E-L-T to join us. Um, we would like to start today by having you tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Ah, oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, um, I want to tell you that I am an American citizen, but I'm living in Mexico and I have been in the field of English language teaching uh, for probably 27 years or more. That just makes me older than most of you. And my career started, I do have a master's in applied linguistics And my career started with adults. So I have about four phases to my career. I started with adults and I immediately moved to Hungary where I taught uh, for four years, mostly uh, college age students and one year in high school. Then I returned to the United States and that phase of my career was working with immigrants and not-for-profits in a large volunteer-based literacy agency in Chicago, and then I moved to Mexico where I live and I started my um, concentration in teaching young learners by default, but I found that that was my passion and a gift of mine, teaching young learners. And then the fourth phase of my career that I'm in now is um, as a consultant. So I train trainers and teach teachers and write curriculum. So that's, that's where I'm at. And for the Department of State, I don't know, I'm sure everybody's familiar with, I was an English language fellow in Colombia, in Medellin, Colombia. And I have done three specialist um, projects, one in Jordan, um, one in Tunisia with Libyan teachers, and virtually in Mexico, so this year.
0: That's interesting that you're actually in Mexico and doing a virtual project in Mexico, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we're all living virtually. Why do
2: you think songs and chants are useful for young learners? Um, This is my
1: topic. Watch out. I'm going to give the long answer. <laughs> songs are... Uh, Useful for young learners. Useful is a funny word. I I would just say that's where young learners are at. If you observe children, they play, they invent rhymes and chants, everything they turn into a game. And if you do read the research, uh, children at that age, I would say before eight up to that age, what they attend to in the language is the music, or we might say prosody, but the music of the language. So really, that's what they tune into. So it's really being realistic about the situation and using materials that they are naturally drawn to. So Great, perfect answer.
0: Yeah, that is great. Yes. Um, What kinds of activities do you do with the songs?
1: Okay, I told you here in Mexico. I started in earnest teaching uh, children, not without any flaws, but I become to be, I would say, an expert in it. So, uh, wh- how I used it, well, in many ways, I used it as a also a classroom management tool, but at the same time learning English. I don't know how many of you have taught young learners, but I would say about. or more is classroom management (laughs) if you want them to learn anything. But how do you do that? So through a song, instead of saying, hey, kids, let's get ready. You have routines, and there's nothing better like the Pied Piper did in the famous tale is sing a song. And there actually is a tone, a Pied Piper tone. If you can get that tone, they you can, they, they come to their leader. <laughs> you can just mm-hmm. take them away. It's kind of fun and maybe scary at the same time. But anyway, you have a routine with songs and you have a circle time. So it not only gets the class together socially because you know, in those early years, the social part is very important uh, for language. Also uh, songs are cultural. Um, so I do use a lot of the traditional songs in English. Um, I also use, like I said, to call attention instead of, hey kids, hey, sit down. We have a song. It's story time. We have a song. We have a song for everything. Um, And it doesn't have to be cheesy. That might sound a little cheesy, but we have a song for everything. However, in our circle time, depending on our topic, I try to find songs that go with the vocabulary, the grammar. Um, I also match that with the story. Sometimes it doesn't match up But the songs at the beginning, numbers, colors, animals, um, but I try to also use those traditional songs that you might remember from your childhood. So um, what I do with that, some of the songs have a dialogue in them, a natural dialogue, or you can build them in such as Circle Games, I would say Farmer in the Dell. You can add in uh, little bits of dialogue into that after you learn the song. Um, my whole reading and writing program for young learners is based on songs. So we would um, sing up. I was lucky in, in a school I was in, we didn't have to do reading and writing till about third grade. So I could just do songs and rhymes and games and stories for uh, two solid years. And then we started to write those down. So actually, writing came before reading. So we would write our own texts. And of course, they would sing them. But uh, we would use that as a basis for writing um, with our grammar, spelling, uh, punctuation, fluency, and in a in a game-like way. Um, I would also say that um, I use principally, if you really want to dig underneath it all, it's to make them uh, enjoy the language. Joy is one of my principal um, objectives of my class. So if children love the language, well, you can do anything. If it's a struggle for them, or if it's intellectual, you might turn a lot of people off, and they'll have a can't-do attitude. But if you play the games and and you do it in a natural way, they. It's just natural for them. They won't think that this is in English and I can't do it. And what is she saying? If you scaffold it right and you build in that dialogue or those, um, I think I saw this on a British council website, those performance pieces, what they need to say to join in the game, join in the song, the chant, and you build it up, they can do it. So they just naturally enjoy it. And it's it's just a, a... I've had kids say, well, we don't learn English in here. We just play games. I'm like, great. (laughs) All right. I gotcha. (laughs) But uh, usually the little ones don't say like that. I've had native English speakers in my class, and they don't realize that they're in an English class because they're just having fun. I have a side question for you. Yes.
2: Have you turned it? All your songs into a little booklet of some sort or book
1: because
2: you sound like you have quite a repertoire of songs
1: well they are cl- a lot of them are classic ones that can probably be find online though i don't have a specific site to tell you i just pick and choose and that's actually a good question because a lot of teachers after i do a teacher training with songs i like them to experience the circle time and the games and the flow of the lesson so they feel um, it, and they enjoy it because if they enjoy it, they'll bring it to the children. So teachers, funnily enough, I see them laughing and playing and they love it. And then they come they're like, so which song should I, I exactly. sing? And I'm yeah. like, mm, did you enjoy those songs that we sang today? Yeah. Oh, I saw you smiling. Oh, those then. Uh, what about from your childhood? So they're, oh, I, I love this song from my childhood. I'm like, that one. That one. (laughs) Because think of your kids. You think, oh, I want to bring this to them. Then they will be excited. You know, it's infectious, uh, contagious. So um, I have a mentor of mine. It's a German English teacher. And he has come to give workshops here in Mexico. And in a workshop, he taught this wonderful song. Can I sing it for you? Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's called My Dog Spot. And when he did this at the workshop, and he set it up almost like the classroom, like oh, that is the first thing I taught my kids when I came back, you know. And I was—they loved it. And it's a classic, and it's my repertoire. So it goes. Well, I can't do all the motions. It's hard to see because you have to set it up. But it basically goes like this. So you said. You tap your, you pat your legs, and then you pat the legs of the other people. If it's culturally inappropriate to do, you can just go like this. You don't have to touch anybody. So you go, I have a dog. His name is Spot. Spot has fleas when the weather gets hot. He goes scratch, 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 scratch. Bitch. And then you get you get um, kids to line up with you. And so when you're going up, they're going down and everybody's going this way <laughs> and they love it. So we usually perform it in front of a class or we have some parents come in if it's possible to see it, because another thing, and I'm sure you'll agree, a tenant of learning foreign language, but especially for young learners, is repetition. But not re- repetition as in boredom, like uh, uh, I've tried to, repetitive, it's repetition with a purpose. So if we can, songs are a natural purpose and rhymes to do again and again. I don't know, I don't have children, but I've had all of your children in my class, but if you have had children, they want the same song, the same movie, the same over and over. So take advantage of that. And you can build in, like I said, with Farmer and the Dale, dialogue pieces, some songs, you can sing it quietly, you can add a new number, you can add a new color, so I always tell. Uh, teachers and I learned this in Thailand same same but different <laughs> you know it's the same thing you want to build in but you s- something new every day just something a new verse a new color a different movement and and then when they know it pretty well drop it and bring in a new one but uh, a lot of teachers say and this just boggles my mind won't they get bored if I sing the same song I'm like No, that's the short answer. No, they don't. They'll wonder what happened to the song. You know, especially if you build up your routine. Of course, we cycle uh, songs in and out. But this is a whole workshop. So I can't tell you all my secrets here today. But uh, it works. And the kids that come out of my classes, you know, in the long run are, are fluent in English, and they have a love for it. And it's holistic. I, I, I know it sounds a little bit woo-woo, but it really comes from inside. It's, it's not here. They're not thinking about the language. It comes from here, which is another benefit of songs. Songs are here. Songs are here. They're rhythm, they're music, and it's the heart. Sorry, right. there's no way around it. And combined with movement, the muscle memory. So I don't know about you, but uh, I bet you remember songs from your childhood or a song comes on the radio. You know it. So, um, did I answer your question? Yeah, definitely, I, I, I agree. Yes,
0: the kids do love the repetition. And I think yeah, if it's a song you like, you wanna hear it again and again as well too. And how have you been adapted what you did with Young winners? How have you been able to adapt that to adults?
1: Well, it is different uh, because songs that are appropriate for children maybe are not appropriate for adults and I do think with adults you have to get some buy-in you have to make sure it's a class that likes singing. I'll give you an example. Um, I took Hungarian before I moved to Hungary and our teacher at nine o'clock in the morning in the library our class was there and she would sing, have us sing children's songs. Not everybody appreciated that, and they were a little bit reluctant and didn't really want to sing. People stopped coming. I don't know if it was because of that. I think it was because it was nine in the morning in the library, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But um, I still remember those songs. So even though I didn't maybe love that that situation, if my Hungarian's super rusty now, but if you if I want to remember Hungarian, I start singing the Days of the Week song that she taught us, and I got it, you know. So anyway, for what it's worth. Um, So what I would do, uh, I really would make sure that they would like to sing. Do we have singers? And maybe pick some popular songs um, that are culturally appropriate. Um, Maybe the Beatles. Uh, depends where you are, maybe some popular songs that are fun to sing along for all ages. And, you know, the classic clothes where you take some words out or you arrange the strips. And I think karaoke is so popular all over the world, maybe before uh, a special holiday or something, you could sing it. So I don't do the exact same with adults. However, I do think bringing music uh, for listening is also a natural activity for adults. I, I don't know any adult who doesn't like music. I, you can barely find anybody who doesn't like the Beatles or some group like that, or you could find other um, um, groups. But uh, I do use it in a, a fundamentally different way. However, in my workshops, um, I do, uh, you know, of course, you're very familiar with the American English uh, website, right? AmericanEnglish.state.gov. Well, I have used in my teacher training the, um, I think it's called Sing Aloud Songs, the Traditional Songs Collection. And a very popular one with adults is um, that I've used in Myanmar with the Libyan teachers and uh, uh, Colombia, Mexico is, uh, uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know that song? I know it has a religious overtone, but it doesn't have to be. And any of those cultures, which I just mentioned, they love it. And I get it to get the group's uh, attention. So a little bit like kids, but they're not kids because, you know, adults from some cultures. I live in Mexico, love Mexico. But if you want to get a group, a large group, just stop talking. It's not always easy, especially after a coffee break. And I think coffee breaks are important. A lot of learning happens there. So I just start singing. They start singing. And then I, I go on. So I do use it as a management piece. But also um, they can build on that with their own verses. And it's a, it really is a beautiful song. And I have another song that I've used in a lot of teacher training and uh, the adults really love it too. So you can, with a low level and with an adult appropriate song, uh, use it as part uh, part of a reading writing program. But like I said, with the children, it's almost my entire program I base on that, on reading and on singing and chanting.
2: So you've kind of answered the next question, but if you oh. want to add anything, it to <laughs> how you would but, adapt a song or what kind of songs you do for the adults versus the young learners and like a specific activity example.
1: I'd have a song, Five Little Pumpkins. Um, I think, I'm not sure who originally did it, but it goes, five little pumpkins sitting on the gate. The first one said, oh my, it's getting late. The second one said, there are witches in the air. The third one said, but I don't care. The fourth one said, let's run and run and run. The fifth one said, let's have some fun. Ooh, in the wind and out went the lights. And the five little pumpkins rolled out of sight. So for kids, we would build that up to sing it. And of course, you could hear some dialogue in there. So each one would take their part. Uh, There's ordinal numbers, who wants to be the first pumpkin, the second pumpkin, the third pumpkin. And like I said, we could eventually remember that song, write it down and use it for a reading text. We could use it for punctuation marks. uh, We could use it for capital letters. Um, If there's any grammar in there that goes with what I'm trying to teach, it's all in there in spelling. Now, I give them a separate blank book for this because maybe you don't have a lot of examples. Let's just say if the present continues, oh my, it's getting late. So we go on grammar hunts. We go on spelling hunts where they have to go back. I said, I think there's two on this page. And they're like, and maybe they have to trace it and find it, or we collect lists on the board. So all the grammar comes from them finding it, and they'll, I'll say, what's the pattern? So we don't call it the present continuous, just like, well, what's it for? Oh, what's happening now? Okay, so we call it what's happening now, <laughs> you know, or whatever they call it. So that's what I do with kids. With adults, I might use grammar too. So there's a song that I use with adults, it goes like this. Um, I love the flowers. I like the daffodils. I like the mountains. I like the rolling hills. I like the fireside when the lights are low. And then it goes doom-dee-doom-dee-doom-de-doom-de-doom-de-doom-de-doom-de-doom-dee. Doom, and someone's doing that. And then the group goes in. So it's a round. Uh, very difficult to get adults to do the round to sound beautiful, but kids get <laughs> But it's really beautiful. And when they, and you can do it, I think, in three, and if they do it, it's just, it shocks them. It's so beautiful the way the voices combine. And again, with adults, i like them to memorize the song and then let's write it down. So let's say this was beginning class of adults. We write that down and that grammar is already there. I like, I love. And then we we could extend it. What other things do you like and love? And we could talk about natural places. So you can just extend it. And I feel um, they more readily understand it from here and not from here, most adults, um, unless they're coming into an academic program and, you know, uh, we have to be serious here. And the other is serious, but... um, the way a lot of people learn is more from motivation, more from emotional places. I'm kind of an intellectual type. i'm I'm kind of both, but I think motivation and joy, and um, it is what drives this, you know, the curiosity. So I, I think that's a good way to start if if people like to sing, But there's also jazz chants. I know that sounds like something from the 80s that you learned or 90s, but they really like it, Um, really getting into the rhythm. And there's something about that muscle memory. You know, people say it's like riding a bike. You know, there's something to that. It's in you when you get motions and rhythm and clapping. So jazz chants are also a a good thing. I would use with children at their level and... um, Uh, Topic level and different with adults.
0: Do you? Are you saying that you? you, you, Go ahead. I just wanted to say that you do use jazz dance with um with adults.
1: Yes. However, you know, I have uh, more recently. I've just been doing teacher just. I've been doing teacher training and training of trainers. So it's been a while since I've been in in the. Actually, that's a lie. I am in the classroom now, but it's virtually. I'm sorry. How can I forget that? It's virtually. So um, in Myanmar. So uh, with them, it's difficult to chant on Zoom. But when I was in country, we did do it. And there's a way you could just tell everybody to mute their microphones and you can do it or do, you know, a couple people, but it, it gets real noisy that way. Or they can practice it with a friend and send in an audio there's a way, but I did do that in country and I did it in the teacher training with uh, the Libyan teachers um, last year, or not 2019.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, Eileen, do you also, have another question?
2: Yeah, I was just gonna ask, do you tend to use more existing songs like the Beatles or you know popular songs versus the ones you just demonstrated for us are not necessarily ones that most of us would know? The Pumpkin dandelion oh. one. I mean you
1: No, know what those I, mean? I, I use I don't make them up. I find that the songs, not always, but the songs in textbooks, the made up ones, they don't stick. They're not classic. They have to have that stickiness to them. You want have to want to sing it. It has to stick in your head. So I do pick the classic songs for that reason. Now you might not have heard them, but you know, I, I just recently from X did a um a webinar on using traditional songs today and in, in teaching young learners. And mm-hmm. in that webinar, I had one of my students that I taught in 2010 or something. Now she's uh, she graduated from high school and she remembered that little pumpkin song from then. Not every word, but you should see the video. I wanted to capture her live to really get the reaction, and she didn't really know she was going to sing that, (laughs) but I knew she would be game, and she was, you could see her face transform, like, I love that song, and uh, from 10 years ago, you know, so, and her English is excellent, and her teachers tell her that all the time, and she attributes to that time now of course there were many teachers along the way you know but um she feels that joy for english that drive from back then so um so to answer your question so our traditional songs traditions are formed one day and they keep going so there's uh rafi um i don't know if you're familiar with the canadian uh um, children's singer-songwriter, but uh, those are maybe newer songs to some generations, but they, they all start someday, and the ones that stick with us become the new classic. You do have one thing I want to say, though, uh, for this. Uh, don't kill the song. Songs are living beings, (laughs) and I find a lot of teachers like to chop them up and analyze it. They are whole language, and we're not debating whole language and phonics here. That's something else. It's a whole text. They're meant to be enjoyed and sung. Then later, when you write them down, work on that, but let the kids enjoy it. Don't kill it. That's all I have to say on that one.
0: That's great, yeah. And I, I think I think I agree with Eileen what you mentioned at the beginning that I think you it's time that you you need to write a book, yeah.
1: Okay. I, I, I plan on it, but with your encouragement, I will do it. You definitely should. Yeah. Okay. And we'll have
0: you come back and, and tell us about the book.
2: <laughs> okay, sure. I think, yeah, because most teachers, everybody wants like the resource, the tangible that they can like go back to their classroom and use. I would say, especially for teachers that aren't necessarily, I mean, a lot of myself included, but I love music, but I'm not musically inclined to like sing in front of the class. <laughs> you don't feel comfortable, confident singing in front of your class. You know, how do you integrate music in that perspective?
1: I'll send you a WhatsApp and I'll sing it for you. <laughs> no, I have done that, actually. People are like, ah, oh, could you sing this for me? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they can play it along there. But you have to practice, you know, I think... Yeah. Um, one thing I do see here in Mexico, because a lot of schools, they cut their arts budgets, they cut music, they cut things. Um, we had music, my mom's musical. I'm not the best singer, but I like to sing and I can sing. Um, but you have to practice. And I think all people can cultivate this. In one school I was in, they gave the teacher singing lessons because they wanted them to sing and uh, taught us how to play the flute and everything. Remember the recorder? We played the recorder, and it's, it's lovely. You forget about those things, but yeah. it's, it's a really lovely thing. And the kids, uh, they can learn it. So all the kids at our school could sing. They could jump rope. They had rhythm. But we incorporated just, to, and some kids who would come later uh, couldn't jump rope. It couldn't get into it. They had to learn it little by little. So it's, it's fascinating. It's not something that always comes naturally. You have told us so many great
0: things today. I think uh, I've gotten a lot of great ideas um, to use with my students.
1: Um, so, but what projects are you working on now? And I'm about to... In two weeks, move to Uzbekistan and work with an American councils project through the Embassy of Uzbekistan. Um, it's called a Coaches Project. So uh, it's a large-scale teacher training program. Teachers will come out with, um, I, th- I think they'll come out with a master's degree or, or an undergraduate degree in TESOL methods. And then uh, our team of six will be there for coaching and co-teaching in the secondary level. So that's a very exciting new project in Central Asia.
0: Where can teachers find you if they want to learn more from you?
1: Okay, well, I have a Facebook site called, it's a little bit cheesy. So you've got another name, please help me. <laughs> it's called the essence of ELT. And because I've tried to find like, what is the essence? I hear all these bells and whistles, and I have to have this and you have to do this. And I was like no you don't oh maybe you do maybe you do i don't so and i don't want to punish teachers for not having i think there's a core to everything so this is why i called it the essence of elt it's on facebook it has a nice red looks like one of those asian stamps i love that a stamp on artwork okay and do you have an email address where teachers can find you i do um should i tell you or should i will they see it in the chat uh colson wendy at gmail.com okay no chat Wilson wendy at gmail.com yeah so and my we'll name sure put, yeah yeah
0: and we'll make sure we put all of these links in the um in the notes well thank you so much wendy i really um enjoyed this interview with you and we're really excited that you're a part of ttlt yay thanks for inviting me i had fun thank you
2: so yeah,
0: thanks for nice talking to Wow, Wendy told us a lot of great tips for using songs. I love that she talks about using choosing songs that you like um, and using those to start with when you're using songs with your students. I think that's a great idea because you don't want to be listening to songs again and again that you don't particularly like. And sometimes the ones in the textbook may not be ones that you enjoy. So I do love that idea of bringing in songs that you enjoy, share your joy with your students. Um, I also love that she talks about doing songs in a different way to create the repetition with a purpose. So you're, um, you're helping them to learn a specific skill that you are, you've been teaching them in the classroom. So you might change the song in a way that helps them practice that skill. So there's lots of different things that you can do with songs. But yes, especially young learners, they love to hear the same thing again and again and again. So changing it in a different way um, is good for the students to get them excited about how it's changed. But sometimes it's good for you, too. So you're not hearing it the same way again and again. I also love that she said, of course, also use songs with your adults, but it's important to get buy-in. And by buy-in, basically that means to explain why. Explain why you're using the song, how it's going to help them with their English. And I know we've talked about this on episodes before, but songs are so useful in helping learners of all ages improve their skills. So, you know, we've talked about it's good for pronunciation. grammar structure, sentence structure, um, word stress, so many things you learn from hearing a song from speakers of that language. So I think it's great. And um, I also love that she talked about the AmericanEnglish.state.gov website. I know we've mentioned it on many episodes because Many of us use it a lot with our students. And if you haven't tried it already, we definitely recommend that you go to AmericanEnglish.state.gov. And what she specifically referenced was the Sing Out Loud traditional songs. And all of those songs and all of the lyrics and even activities to use with the songs, they're all there on AmericanEnglish.state.gov for free. You can download them and use them with your students. So I really recommend that you go to that website. And use it with your students and then of course the other thing that I wanted to mention in our pop teaching tips is that um, you want to make sure that you're also using jazz chants and if you're um, not sure about what songs to use especially with your student your younger learners um, you can look for a Rafi song so those are some of the new children's songs that are being created um, not that Rafi is very new right now but they're newer songs and so I look at different artists, you might find some songs that are on YouTube or other resources. So maybe bring in some of those children's songs. I know one of my favorites is Super Silly Songs. I found them on YouTube and young learners love those songs. So um, yeah, So just be thinking about those types of things and think about how you can use them with your students. We're really excited that Wendy is going to do a workshop with us, and she's going to do a workshop on using songs and rhymes with young learners in a low-resource environment. Isn't that exciting? So we're really excited about this workshop, which is going to be Sunday, March 21st, at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which might not be the best time if you're in Eastern Standard Time, but if you're in the same area as Wendy is in Uzbekistan, um, then it's going to be 10 a.m. in Uzbekistan. So hopefully you are in a time zone where you can join us. So we do hope that you will join us uh, at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for Wendy's amazing workshop. And don't forget that this week of this month and this week, This month, our workshop is on quizzes and that workshop is going to be this Thursday, February 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to do the same workshop again on Friday, February 19th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please choose the one that fits best into your schedule. You don't need to go to both. And if one of them is at a crazy time for you, go to the other one. (laughs) But we do hope that you'll be able to attend one of these workshops. And of course, you can always sign up for our workshops at on the TTLT events page. So if you go to TTLT.org and click on events, um, you'll be able to sign up for all of these workshops. We hope that you'll join us. And another workshop that's coming up is Eileen's workshop on using music in the classroom. That seems like we have a theme going. (laughs) So yeah, so we're going to be talking with Eileen about Um, using music in the classroom. And if you haven't watched her episode yet on using music, I recommend that you watch it. You'll get a lot of great tips there. And she's going to talk about even more and different tips, go into more depth on the ideas that she talked about in her episode. So I recommend that you watch the episode, but I also definitely recommend that you come to our workshop on Friday, February 26th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please, um make sure that you sign up on the events page at ttlt.org and of course we have our our second ttlt talks we got so many great ideas from everyone in the first ttlt talk so we're really excited that you're going to um that many of you came and that hopefully you will come again this time and so this is a just a discussion we're going to talk about um, the things that are important to English language teachers. So we're going to talk about those things. So this is the discussion hour for us and, um, those, this one is going to be Saturday, February 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to talk about the issues that are important to you and we're really excited that so many people came last time and we're hoping that even more will come this time. We're going to divide you up into groups so that you can get some good discussions going. So, We hope to see you there. And coming March 12th is Daniela's um, workshop on integrating technology with limited resources. So so if you are in um, a limited resource area or low resources, as we've um, been talking about as well, um, we do recommend that you come to this workshop. I'm sure you'll get lots of great ideas. on Friday, March 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 10 p.m. for Daniela in Albania. So we do hope that you will come and join us. And again, you can sign up on the events page at ttlt.org. And if you haven't heard us say it before, we're so excited that we have our official nonprofit status as uh, a 501c3 foundation. So if you um, if any donations to our foundation, all of those donations will be tax deductible. So please donate either go through our Rhodes Education Foundation um, Facebook page or at TTLT.org. We hope that you will contribute or if you have if you know of any companies or sponsors, please encourage them to go to TTLT.org and donate. Every little bit of helps. Thanks. And if you want to get more involved with TTLT, please send us a voicemail and email at ttlt.info at gmail.com. Um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. Join our Facebook group called TTELT. And follow us at TTELT1 on Twitter or on Instagram at t.telt. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.